Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And uh, today, in our uh, ongoing romp through Beast Machines, episode by episode, we are looking at the 21st episode, Spark War Part 2, The Search. So, like, I, I guess this was 1999, so it would probably be, like, Alta Vista? No, I guess it'd probably be Yahoo by then? This is 2000, so yeah, uh, probably Alta Vista or Yahoo. Yeah. Uh, we hadn't learned how to Google anything yet. Is No. Is it too late for a search for Spark joke? Uh, <laughs> no, this would not, be the but... place to put it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm I'm kind of surprised that we're this far into the second season with so many first season characters shown heavily in it gone and so many new characters. It's just the same start sequence we've had from the beginning. Yeah, that is weird. Mm, yeah. I vaguely recall that they changed it up when they aired it on Fox Kids. I think they might have even had the uh, Battle for the Spark uh, subtitle on the screen, but I'm not sure about that. I remember that being a thing, actually, yeah. I remember the subtitle. I don't remember the animation being much different at all, but it's been so long. Well, yes, it was I just like the uh, at Transformers Prime, and they just added a drum machine to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to that in due time. This first aired on March 29th, 2000, uh, written by Michael Reeves, who previously wrote uh, Mercenary Pursuits uh, in the last season, and in G1 wrote The Big Broadcast of 2006. <gasps> oh, man! I like The Big and Broadcast he- of 2006. That that was also uh, notable for being the one G1 episode to be uh, directly adapted into the comic book series. Yes, in, anyway, in the UK, written, it got a, a clever framing device. Yes, where it was just uh, Rekgar BSing to a bunch of quintessons for a couple <laughs> issues. Yes. But anyway, uh, Reeves has written a ton of animated TV, like 19 episodes of Ninja Turtles, 15 episodes of uh, Ghostbusters, oh. nine episodes of Spiral Zone, apparently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, he also wrote uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Ooh. <gasps> Like, the only writer, or just one of the writers on it? I think, uh, let's see. Mask of the Phantasm. But, uh, checking the old IMDB here. Okay, it was four. He was one of four screenplay writers on it. It's him, Paul Dini, Martin Pascoe, and Alan Burnett. Oh. Okay. Uh, but he does does have sole credit for writing. Oh, geez, a lot of a lot of gargoyles too. Oh, oh and wait. going back in the eighties, a uh, bunch of uh, Black Star. Is this uh, sp- is this the guy that wrote the Cthulhu episode of Ghostbusters? Uh, let me see. I I think that was maybe J uh, J Michael J Straczynski? Michael Straczynski, but I am not sure. No, 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 no. It, w- it was. Oh, I remember he was. Oh, you're right. He did write the Collect Call of Cthulhu. Yes. <gasps> The oh, best man. episode. Yes. 
And he also wrote the episode that introduced the boogeyman, who is legitimately upsetting. <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch some of that. Yeah. So yeah, Michael Reeves, he, uh, he's good, and uh, this episode is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, uh, we're, once again, as you uh, you guys say, we are splitting the party. <laughs> <laughs> just, no! Yes. happening. God damn it. Stop. They need to stop. It's bad time idea. For side quests. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, first yeah, the episode starts yeah. out with, uh, is it Rat Trap saying Bad Moon Rising? Something about that? I think it's Night Scream. Oh. <laughs> Somebody bad, and then the song started playing in the back of my head. Just distracting me. And then there's, there's a nice, yeah, there's a nice shot of the moon. Or is that, that's next episode. Or is it this one? But we, we do see a bunch of, uh, like, uh, it's a very authoritarian looking, uh, Cybertron. All those drones flying in precise military precision. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a a nice aesthetic. Strike a drones on the ground, and they look really cool, just all kind of swarming around a grand mall observing everything. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently they just retired the old drones. I don't see any jet drones or tank drones. Aw, maybe they figured there was a chance that they were like, you know, compromised. This is possible. Considering what happened with with Rhinox and Tankor, I think that's probably a reasonable assumption. This is true. This is true. Or maybe they're just retrofits. Like they just spray painted all the leftover uh, jet drones gray and. Added twirlies that don't actually do anything to suspend them to the shoulders. Yes. <laughs> and then Hated they just the like picked up the tank or shell off the chassis on all the tank drones and dropped on a striker shell. Yes. This sounds yeah, accurate. I accept. It the looks like a cannon. Ferrari, but it's actually a Pontiac Fiero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the primals figure that you know Megatron's fortifying his visions, and Optimus has one, another of his trademark visions. This yes, time it sparks. Another inconveniently timed vision. Yes. So they've they've moved the the Megatron's moved the sparks. Uh, the Maximals have to find them because this is the battle for the spark. Oh, it's the <laughs> it's the spark war. Mm-hmm. And now we know. Yes. So uh, while this is happening, Megatron uh, gives an address to his uh, generals. Sorry, I'm just having a bit of a computer thing here. Oh. Um, Microsoft (laughs) Outlook Communications does not have a valid digital signature. (laughs) Oh. I have no idea what this means. Oh. Uh, Why is still recording? Okay, I'll just... I'm sure it's fine. Push it in the background and leave it for an hour. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. All right, so yeah, Megatron is addressing his generals and uh, tells... He knows exactly where the Maximals are going to be. (laughs) And yes. we get a yes to cap it off. Oh, we we oh. get a good yes in there. I was very yes. excited by that. I had to write it down. Oh, I missed that. And this is the point in the episode where people who are paying close attention figure out, oh, he's using the sparks as bait. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that and we will find out. Having watched it before. <laughs> yeah. So the Maximals, you know, they want to... Uh, you know, they, it would be more convenient if they could uh, walk around in their robot modes, but unfortunately the Viacons can detect them while they're doing so, so luckily, Rat Trap has a solution, and that solution is Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I guess that's way too late for Pogs, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, yeah. Come on, Rat Trap, seriously. Th- that solution is a late-night infomercial sales Chloe... pitch. Yeah. Yes, he's, he's going full uh, Ron Papil on this one. <laughs> I love his patter, and also... I mean, with all the uh, glowy bits and metal shiny parts on this, they're clearly not pogs. 
They're slammers. My yeah. mistake. God damn it. <laughs> My question is, are they slammers of darkness or slammers of light? Because when they get together, they fight, fight, fight. Uh, no one should remember that. <laughs> no. Uh, My brain's oh. just trying to transition it into opposites attract now. <laughs> two steps forward, two steps back. DJ so, Cheetor. Oh, no. So these will almost maybe kind of work, but... They're better than nothing, so they're going with them anyway. Which means they will stop working at a plot opportune time. I know how writing works. Yes. Well, in fact, in fact, they do get a quick field test because Strike and Obsidian drop by and totally don't see them. Yes, do they? they don't. See I mean, them. they rather loudly. They, I mean, you can't tell. I'm making finger quotes here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. They like don't I was going to ask. See them. Are, is it working, and later on they just manage to spot them anyway because, like, they're watching exactly where they're going? And they just I... actually cross visual sight lines? Or are they just, like, running the uh, Allied Powers Ultra program where they've totally broken the enemy encryption, but they're not telling them? That is, ah. I'm pretty sure what they're doing here. Yeah, I, I just kind of get the feeling they're doing what they did in their first episode. They're acting again. Yes, acting. Yeah. They're not actually because they Cybertrons. are master tacticians. Yes, I was going to say they're not actually Cybertron's master uh, tacticians. They're actually the master thespians. <laughs> Megatron reads the line wrong. <laughs> I mean, look at Christopher Lee. You can be both. This is true. Fair enough. Anyway, at, at some point, wait, I, I think it's Rattrap again. Somebody says neural processors have cockles. Yeah. I, I think I... What? I mean, it's it's like. Oh your yes, heart. I did write this down. Uh, one of them says, "I guess it's better than nothing." It was Silverbolt who said that. Black Rackney responds, "Don't bet on it." And then Rat Trap responds, "Your confidence warms the cockles of my neuroprocessors." And at this point, I was like, "All right, that's what Beast Wars level of banter sounds like." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay, Beast Wars level of banter. So they, yep, yeah, it's time to split the party. Optimus is going to go with Night Scream, which is taking one for the team Optimus. Good job. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Cheetor, Black Rachnia, and Silverbolt get assigned to uh, to another team because they're competence. the adults, kind of. Yes. Team competence. And yes. uh, Bo- Rat Trap gets assigned with, Bo- with Botanica because uh, I think Optimus Primal ships it. Yes. Yeah, I, I think so too. Though they are both being super sundere at this point. Yeah, so, they, do, uh, they do not like this blind though. date setup. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. So yeah, Optimus. So we'll start. We, the this you know cuts back and forth between these a lot, but I think we can sort of do this in just one subplot at a time. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds actually like the best way to handle this one. Okay, yeah. So. Cheetor, Silverboat, and Black Rachnia go to the Maximal Shell Yard, which is where all the corpses are piled up. Hey, corpses. Silverbolt is a dick. And Silverbolt is being a real dick because Cheetor, to him, is still an annoying kid. Man, he, he, he grew pubes while you were gone, Silverbolt. Come on. That, that was part of the, uh, the techno-organic upgrade. Yeah. Also, Silverbolt, you're younger than him. Yeah. yeah, Transformer aging is weird. Try not to think about it too much. <laughs> yeah, don't don't think too hard. 
Yeah. So, yeah. And Black Ragni is really on Cheetor's side here, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Although she, at one point, she continues to be just generally against Silverbolt's bullshit. Well, yes. So yeah, and, she, and uh, at one point she says, "Don't worry, Cheetor will handle this," which is which at one time would have been completely terrifying, <laughs> but now actually makes sense. Yeah. Now it's actually okay. He may actually be able to handle a thing. Yes. So they get there, and unsurprisingly, uh, Obsidian is there waiting. Is there waiting for them? So initially, Silverbolt, ha- you know, they're they're at a loss for a plan, and Silverbolt's plan is to jump up and try and kill everything by throwing knives at it. That does seem to be his go-to at this point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that doesn't work so well. We get a pretty cl- we get we get an amusing bit, kind of uh, akin to the uh, the bit in the first Star Wars where Han Solo just sort of charges off on his own and runs into a zillion stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Where Cheetor just ends up somewhat undignifiedly running away. Oh yeah, and his undignified screaming, which is, I guess it's the voice actor's own scream. It's kind of high pitched. It, it's it's some nice work from uh, Ian James Corlett there. Yeah. It just gave me uh, Goku flashbacks, though. Oh, yeah, because he was the original Goku, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and um, And when when Silverbolt is attacking the the helicopter drones, they reuse the animation of one drone exploding like three or four times. Once they flip it, but it's still the same. That's not the only time that happens in this episode, either. No. Yeah. You know, we're we're getting close to the end. We gotta scrape that budget a little tighter. Yeah, a couple <laughs> corners. Anyway, so this uh, this goes on for a bit, and eventually Cheetor does have a brilliant idea as uh, he gets his hand on a power core from one of the discarded corpses, uh, tosses it into the uh, into the copter drone's field of fire, and it just goes off like a nuclear bomb. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Who knew power core combiners were that explosive? Don't put matches near those little guys. This does make me wonder, does every Transformer have this thing in them? <laughs> yeah, wasn't that a... Wait, that was a thing in um the Headmasters episodes we did, wasn't it? Oh, right, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. And especially since we this is they're using the old models again, and it, it's a bunch of Prowl and Soundwave corpses. Oh, so yeah. many Soundwave where corpses. Did they, where did those even come from? You know, Prowl and Soundwave town. <laughs> I mean, they are the guys who kind of have the same face as their, uh, as their faction, faction insignia. Yeah. Hmm. I can see that. But it's still goofy. <laughs> yes. Right, I like so, the idea that Cybertron just has this, like, Dotson and tape cassette deck district. <laughs> <laughs> That's some very, very weird, like, social hierarchy stuff going on there. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm, we could probably get into a functionism here. <laughs> yes. I don't know how why specifically Dotsons. I mean, I I can see where tape recorders might be a thing, but Dotsons specifically. <laughs> well, they're like, very good on uh, on fuel economy. I guess. I mean, I guess. Well, they were good for rallying too. And I mean, thinking back to G one, if you're going to be rallying at night, you need plenty of uh, light posts to see where you're going. <laughs> this is yeah. true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, 
So yeah, this thing explodes, the copter drones are defeated, and also they don't find the sparks. So that pretty much wraps up that, and Cheetor accept, and Silverboat accepts that maybe Cheetor isn't like ten years old anymore. <laughs> he re- finally realizes that Night Scream is now the Cheetor. Yes. yes. That sinks in. <laughs> okay, and in Rattrap and Botanica news, uh, they get uh, they get to the Citadel. They find that the sparks were there, and they're gone. They're just a ton of cans of them. But they, you know, it's uh. Just like discarded Coke cans. Botanica is so done at that point, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and Rat- Rattrap just keeps calling her Rose Hips, which doesn't sound uh, like an insult. Well, she's kind of hippie. Yeah. Is this the first time we've seen her doing significant walking while in robot mode? Yes. In both modes, really. She has a real weird. Morticia Adams thing going on with it. Yeah. yeah. It's very hovery. It's cute. <laughs> yes. And wait, is... Uh, Morticia is, Adams... Is, like, her spark exposed in the middle? Well, she's, like... It's, like, translucent there. Oh, yeah, she does have the translucent... Which is weird, because plants too. aren't really known for being translucent. No. Well, uh, not really. Anyway, what you were saying about Morticia? I made to say that she's more spiritual. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, we are talking about computer graphics people here. There is a degree to which making flowers look right involves some level of subsurface stuff going on, because we don't really think of them as translucent, but they are kind of translucent in order to look right. Well, yeah, it's this like animated true. skin. Same with true. human skin. Yeah. 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 Right, so there, they get here they get ambushed by Stryka, and uh, Botanica is somewhat upset that uh, Rattrap's uh, scrambler pods don't work. Yeah. Oh, oh! Stryka's, uh, Stryka's alt-mode talking is... Sort of silly and cute at the same time. Oh, it's, I it was it's, unsettling. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wibbly, and she's got like little lips in the middle you can just barely see. As opposed to it like, is super weird. Obsidian it's just like, has some lights in his cockpit, but she's got a whole wibbly mouth. But well, I mean, she's like, the new Tankor, and Tankor had yeah. that thing too. Yeah, she's almost got like a pre-cars talking car thing going on, where the proportions are just yeah, kind of so forced that. It seems creepier than it seems, like, humanish. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the, the creepiness works, because she is supposed to be, you know, a menacing villain. Hmm. True, true. Agreed. Yeah. So they they escape, and they end up in uh, what appears to be, like, a, the Blade Runner district of Cybertron. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> I was going a to lot say, of floating... I was going to say, it's Atris's room from the Cybertron age of mist. <laughs> yes. I was thinking, like... Nightclub district, red light district. There's a lot of signs that repeat. Well, red light district might be correct because uh, <laughs> they they end up in this uh, in in a building and uh, it's full of holographic chips, which uh, Rattrap notes are what is it? Uh, virtual but not necessarily virtuous. Oh, he he says virtual but not virtuous. They're holographic pleasure chips. Uh, yeah. Which he, the the things that he says suggest that they're just sort of like vacation sort of stuff, like showing and, you and what, different areas. But the way he says it suggests that it's filthy. Yeah. yeah like, and the noises he makes while he's tapped into one. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking he's found uh, this ain't Wreckers Declassified <laughs> XXX. Yeah, 
it, yeah. It's, oh my goodness. It's a visual it's disconnect between what we're shown the hologram program is for what little bit we see and what we think it is because of Rat Trap's reaction. It's. Strange. I would like to note that I really appreciate the implications of that to uh, to what happens in a moment then, uh, which I will get to when we get to it. Yeah. Before, but, uh, before that, the more bickering between Rat Trap and Botanica, where which one of them says dating you like dating you was my idea? I think that was Rat Trap. Okay, I thought so. That sounded well. We'll agree to disagree. My, my memory. Yes. I I will note that. I mean, Rat Trap is acting like these are like some super valuable thing. And I'm thinking, okay, if you're in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, how hard do you think it's really going to be to find porn? It's yeah. going to be all over. You go to a gas station and look on the top <laughs> shelf of their magazines. It's it's not going to be. It's Porn is everywhere. There's You go in any house and look under all the mattresses. One yeah. of them's going to have a Playboy under there. And, and we've been through a season and a half of them wandering and running around Cybertron. This is the first time Rat Trap thinks to look for porn. No, he would have found that by like episode four. Like after things have I mean, started, I, I do like this is consistent with Rattrap's previous previous characterization as kind of a scumbag, as he well, is the guy who wanted to take uh, Cheetor to a strip club. There is that. Or, sorry, yes. Silverbolt to a strip club. There is that part. Yes, and I believe this is our uh, first, or no, so this is our second indica- uh, on-screen portrayal of Transformers pornography. <laughs> as uh, there's an episode in G1 where I think Octane is looking at. Uh, Yes. Was clearly some sort of robot girly mag. That is yeah. in actually Starscream's ghost. All right. Well before Starscream's ghost actually shows up. And yeah, yes. it's just like a recolor sort of RC looking bot that's that's in his pinup. It wasn't until Futurama that they thought to make the. Well, I guess they kind of. Eh. But yeah, circuit diagrams. <laughs> that's the centerfold. Yes. So yeah, he is just he. You know, we he hacks into this, and we see him looking at a, a very, you know, very idyllic, high, futuristic cityscape. Which I guess is super hot for them. Let's just pretend, let's just take the, the futuristic cityscape thing and just assume that what's actually, that that is like the censored version of what they're actually seeing. <laughs> We're kind of looking at a skybox that looks kind of flat in the background, so I'm just assuming... He's in VR, and our camera has been tilted upwards 30 degrees to satisfy oh. the sensors. <laughs> yeah, you don't really see what's going on below his shoulders or so. Well, satisfying somebody, that's, uh, that's certainly true. <laughs> yes. Looking down on a rooftop pool, <laughs> fembots not wearing their chest plates. Bad mm-hmm. as, as we've learned, this is a thing. That doesn't make sense, really. So, so Strike is trying to bust in. Uh, well, I guess she does bust in. Uh, Botanica pulls the plug on this thing. Well, no, first... And like, he's just really... Stricka is, like, standing there throwing, like, rec- lacrosse energy balls at Botanica while she's holding a steel plate <laughs> off the floor for a couple minutes, it seems. Like, they're just standing yeah. there. And, and Stricka's just pl- practicing her throwing arm. Strike it. It's the same animation repeated over and over, and it's just like my notes even have a question: like, Is this actually Strike or is it the tank drone that found them? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like she's using any thought at all. She's just hucking things un- until the 
the simulation gets shut off. Mm-hmm. So eventually, you know, Stryka does corner both of them. Rattrap is trying to grab these things like uh, like his life depended on them. And also Stryka has some sort of blade or something on her arm that she's going to do something with it, them. It's her lacrosse scoop. Or, or, or like, a, not lacrosse, it's, uh, what's it, Highline. Oh, Highline. Oh. Yeah. And she mentions pruning Botanica. Yes. So, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's going to dismember you. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm scared. Well, luckily, Rattrap saves the day by plugging Stryka into one of these things. Which I I will, as, as I was uh, going to, uh, as I was hinting at before, Stryka is totally into the same simulation that Rat Trap was into. So make your uh, make your assumptions there. Well, I guess the question is, does it conform to the uh, individual user's uh, fantasies, or is it just we do seem to get like at least one shot of of Stryka seemingly getting the exact same scene? So yeah, the, the same setting, maybe not the same. Actors in the scene? Maybe. <laughs> we still don't know what's going on <laughs> below her shoulders. Yeah. And she really sounds more, like, kind of amused than anything. What I'm <laughs> saying is I choose to believe that this is canon now that Stryka is bisexual. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying here. I was thinking... I can believe it. I was thinking it's yeah. assuming, like, like, it's her watching herself an obsidian. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah, if it's conforming to a fantasy, then... I mean, listen, you you fight a thousand wars together, sometimes you two have got to mix it up a little. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they they have... They they were introduced as being consorts, so, you know. That's why I'm not going to say that, you know, she's she's lesbian, because obviously... No, she's she's just bisexual. Obsidian and my waifu, (laughs) Stryka. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is great because, you know, she's like huge. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of dismissing the other possibility. Mm hmm. What's that? Oh, that oh. Rat Trap is by. <laughs> yes, that, that Rat Trap. <laughs> he did kiss Rhinox. I this mean, is... this yeah. is true. So, yes. And I guess he didn't specifically mention what, uh,. What gender those serving bots were walk, uh, with the torso, with the, you know, missing their torso plates. He didn't specify what gender they were. <laughs> That's a good point. He, maybe don't know he was going to take, uh, you know, Silverbolt to a Chippendales. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he wasn't talking Hooters. He was talking Chippendales. <laughs> then again, I mean, as we're going to find out in a couple episodes, Rattrap is a committed dendrosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's been banned from every botanical garden in the quad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Well, you Maybe know. the adult clubs on Cybertron are co-ed. I mean, this is possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, they they leave uh, Stryka to have what God knows what done to her, and they take off. Uh, Botanica walking away is the first time we see her walking in plant mode, and it, it all her tentacles just crawling across the floor. It looks neat, but it also looks really creepy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, and, it's very Lovecraftian. And she's dragging Rattrap away by something? Scruff of his <laughs> neck, I guess? 
The other scruff of his neck, like animals have, I guess. I don't know if rats have that. I would assume so. Yeah, yeah, they do. I have had pet rats. I can confirm this. Okay, then. <laughs> so, yeah, that is that is two of our plots wrapped up. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Optimus and Night Scream, they're going down. Down below the surface of Cybertron. <sighs> they're digging. They're, they're going way down to... Iacon. Yay! I, I, I believe you mean Iocon. Yeah. Says Thrust. Thrust says that, but the others pronounce it correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Optimus explains why Iocon is underground. Yes, it was just replaced in the, the great upgrade to Maximal and Predacon, which was neat. Yeah. And it yeah, fits with what we've seen in the rest of the show where old Cybertronian cities just kind of get shunted underground. Yeah, that's weird. They're and old and huge and inefficient. I seem to recall we saw that in Generation 1 sometimes, too. I oh. want to say in Desertion of the Dinobots? Yeah, there is where... definitely old abandoned infrastructure underground. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like some weird, like those vacuum tunnel things, like like you put things in at the bank drive-through. It's, yes. It's not really that unusual. That's a standard civilization Pneumatic thing. Tubes. You build your new yes. city on the remains of an old city, or like when the city sinks or there's an earthquake, you build on the rubble, because that's where your city was. Right. Right. It's just weird that, I mean, this is Cybertron, so you've got like a fully intact city that's just underground, underneath yeah. an old, uh, yeah, a it, new city. It, it's not just yeah. a couple floors. That's the odd thing about it, is it's like they, it's like they built a dome over it and just built on, on the yeah. top of it. It's not like yeah. the stuff is buried. It's, just it's weird. If you have spaces that are too big, you'd think you'd just build more floors in between the floors and turn them into loft rentals. You'd yeah. think so, but then all the doorknobs were too big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. All the doors are way bigger than they need to be. And well, you could subdivide heavy. the yeah, I apartments. I guess you can't really fix that. You may as well build an entire new city rather than change a few <laughs> doors. <laughs> Precisely. Or, you know, and, well, you know, yeah. And don't even bother taking the old one down. Just kind of leave it there. Wall it up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's totally what you should do. And uh, they also find uh, that uh, Noble has been there via some telltale slashing. Uh, Night Scream wants them to go after him, but uh, Optimus has to tell him, you know, uh, one thing at a time. One quest at a time, boy. Yeah, one subplot at a time, dude. Come on. Wait, telltale slashing? I didn't see any Silverbolt Noble fanfic lying around. <laughs> Wait, that's that is that's, nice that's wrong. He is not sentient. Well, he's not now. Well, no. I, I mean, I guess back when he was Megatron, that would be okay. <laughs> I like that. That makes it okay. I mean, it does make it okay. Well, yes, in one way. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it is. Uh, it is Iacon, and uh, it turns out that it is guarded by the Jello mold of Optimus Prime. <laughs> so that I'm. That is clearly not the Optimus Prime model from Beast Wars, which surprised me. Apparently they lost the head model, so they just had to use an Optimus Primal head and hope that nobody noticed. But, like, the chest is weird. Yeah, the chest and the arms are different the way it moves. It's weird. It, it It's not just that it's different. Also, it just looks like, I don't know, someone trying to be Pat Lee circa 2003. <laughs> oh. Kind of not it, as bad. It's not a good-looking model. It, 
It is very soft, like you said. The head does look better than it did in Jelly. Peace 4s, but by virtue of them being a repurposed Optimus head. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, it's also a repurposed Optimus Primal voice, because it's just Gary Chalk doing this voice. Yes. Well, I wrote a annoyed note about that at first, but then as we find out, it makes perfect sense for it to be a Gary Chalk voice instead of a different Peter Cullen alike. Yes. yes. And it's not like Optimus Primal probably would have ever heard Optimus Prime. Yeah. Well, he I, might have heard I, I, himself. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 I don't know. Your voice always sounds weird on tape, though. That's yeah. a good point. That's why yeah. I can't listen to our podcasts, because I just sound weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. Also, More because important. I was there the whole time, so, you know. <laughs> More importantly, I don't think Megatron has ever heard what G1 Optimus Prime sounds like. Well, no. Well, wouldn't there probably be recordings, you would think? Like, th- there's history tracks somewhere. Somebody would at least have a yeah, recording. That's true, like some old wax cylinders of uh, Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, now I'm imagining just an Edison cylinder level recording with all the horrible scratching and the muffling, and it's like... Kill all are one. <laughs> there were dudes who turned into tape recorders and cameras. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's and, and gonna. And I think this Cybertronian Edison has to uh, electrocute a shuffler. <laughs> Megatron studied history like about the, the old the... Megatron. He yeah. should know. <laughs> I was about to explain the joke, so I, I will not continue, because that ruins it. Anyway, and apparently this uh, Optimus Primal refers to Optimus Prime as his ancestor. Yeah, that's weird. Called robots have called each other brother in G one, so it's close enough. Whatever, it's vague enough. This is true. And, and they also like you have to acknowledge the family resemblance too. Yeah. Yes, and I mean they're also like fathers and sons, like uh, like uh, Six Shot and Quick Switch. <laughs> oh, that's right. I love Transformer siblings, but yeah, any sort of actual parental connections get kind of weird. And then there are also Transformers cousins. Well, like Care Bear cousins? What? I don't remember any cousins. Like, uh, no, not like Care Bear cousins. Like Rat Trap's great aunt Arcee. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, definitely a couple of characters in Cybertron were said to be cousins. That's oh. so weird. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, this uh, this giant Jello mold claims to be the actual <laughs> Optimus Prime's like essence, said to be guarding Iacon since the final battle. Yeah. Well, it, it sucks Optimus Prime into a mind space thing by picking him up, but not actually picking him up. Optimus is just Primal is just sort of hovering in the air, and big giant Jello Prime's talking and, to him. And Night Scream's wondering what the frick is going on. <laughs> yeah, Night Scream's like, "What, dude? Are you tripping?" And then Thrust gets there. So Primal's just in a really niche one of those pleasure chips. Yes. One where you're berated by your ancestors. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Night Scream is uh, occupied by a Thrust who welcomes him to Iocon. Just think of it as your final resting place. Yeah. Thrust is cool. And uh, meanwhile, Prime tells Primal that he needs to, he needs to access the Oracle. Because it's within him. Apparently. Does, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? And he does that, and then, whoops, Optimus Prime is actually Megatron. He just starts laughing maniacally, and the Gary Chalk voice shifts into a David K. voice, and it's wonderful. Yay. Yes. Although, that actually makes me think of a missed opportunity. 
Mm-hmm. Spoilers, mm-hmm. David Kay would go on to play a rendition of Optimus Prime, so it would have been nice to have him do a big damn hero voice for Optimus Prime and then just have his voice shift oh, into yeah. his Megatron voice. That would be neat. That is true. Although his, his Optimus Prime was not very Peter Cullen. No, not really. It, it was actually yeah. not far off from his uh, noble voice. Yeah, true. That's the thing. We've already had him go from noble to Megatron. Or kind of just his... Uh, it is kind of just his voice, yeah. Yeah, like I've I've been rewatching the uh, the X Files on Netflix, and he you know he's from Vancouver, so he pops up a couple, <laughs> couple times as like a newscaster, and it's kind of just his Optimus Prime voice. Yeah. Oh, and his and now voice on last week tonight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Th- yeah. That that's a little deeper though. No. Uh, does David come in staticky for anybody else? He was coming in a bit uh, muffled there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're a little muffled. Uh, I don't know. Nothing Sounds like a Skype there. issue, though. I hope Zencaster will be able to work through it. Let's keep going. Hopefully, okay. also my okay. throat is very dry. But um, at one point here, there's some nice transit. Even though there's some animation cheats, there's some nice transitions. Like at one point, I think I think Silverbolt is walking from like left to right, and then in the background, it fades from his scene to the primal floating in the air talking to Optimus. That was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, even when it's a little low budge, the uh, animation here is consistently nice and clever. Yep. And they're definitely making the most of their video toasters. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, th- and we get a neat holographic Megatron head here as well, which is kind of a more expressive version of the uh, the big floating head. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And very red. Yes. And Megatron reveals that, oh, this was all, this was all my plan. I used a fake... Oracle Vision to uh, send the, your Maximals off on fool's errands so that I would get you to access the Oracle because back in A Wolf in the Fold, an episode that we all tried to forget, <laughs> at least, or wait, was that Wolf in the Fold or was that uh, in Darkest Night? One of them around there. No, it was in Darkest Night, the one where Jetstorm becomes Silverbolt. Mm. So, yeah, and which, which is a neat bit of continuity there. So yeah, he and all he got a taste of the oracle then, and he just needed a little extra bit, and he just <laughs> got it, and now his ultimate plan could come to fruition. Damn, Megatron's scheme game is back on track. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he is one step ahead of you. So he ends this uh, vision, and Primal is now right in the middle of getting shot by Thrust. <laughs> but good news, here comes Noble, who is going to be your depth charge tonight. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Yay! He busts in, uh, terrifies a bunch of cycle drones, which is weird. Yeah, that's. Is this the most reaction we've seen out of any drones before? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think why are they clearly terrified? I I actually made a note about that about how the the drones always had that sense of self preservation. I don't like because so. they're drones. Yeah, that is does it, seem weird. Is it just for humor, or is it because they're running low on resources and can't spare them, so they programmed them that way? Well, it's clearly humor, although possible. maybe it's uh, the Waspinator in Thrust sort of oozing into the drones. Maybe, maybe. Or, in-universe, you could say that Obsidian and Strikos changes to how the uh, drone army were run were to add back in self-preservation routines and some sense of individuality. That works for me. Or it's possible that Noble is just so terrifying he can terrify inanimate objects. <laughs> Maybe. Nah. He's a big scary <laughs> dragon. So yeah, they 
everybody gets back together. They've kind of had a rough day, and uh, they're very unhappy that, Ma- that Megatron now has the Oracle. But while they were doing that, I guess the data transfer went both ways. So now Primal knows where the sparks are. Uh, that's always how it happens. And happened. they are... Yeah. And now it turns out they're in the place where it's pretty obvious that they were the whole time. They're in the big floating head. Yeah. Surprise! They're in the big floating head. Like, nobody thought of that earlier. <laughs> nobody thought Megatron would keep them in his fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that is another case of... of- the, the Maximals, and particularly Primal, being stupid. It's like, where was he keeping the sparks in the first place? Oh, the place Megatron was hanging out underneath his floor. Where is he keeping them now that he's a giant floating head? In his head! Ah, oh, guys. <laughs> he is a spark uh, chamber. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that is it for Spark War Part 2, The Search, to be continued. So I, I will note here that Megatron needs a better firewall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's it. Well, Megatron needs a better firewall. Well, so does the Oracle. The fact that the Oracle, that this nigh-omnipotent near-deity thing can be hacked by a madman. <laughs> okay. Well, it's just that. a computer. Yeah, but... Well, yeah, when you open a VPN into someone's brain, you take some risks. But this... Yeah. Like, how many times has the Oracle key to Vector Sigma been hacked. I guess even this in this the series, second time now. Is it second or third, maybe? Well, maybe it might be the third. At least there was at least one a third attempt. This might be the second yeah. time it's been successfully hacked. Yeah. First was Tankor and now Megatron. I mean, it's ancient. There's plenty of zero days known that it hasn't been patched for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that is the episode. It you know it it breezes by quickly. It gets. I mean, it, it's kind of a stalling tactic to get us to a third part, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. For an unnecessary second part of a three-parter, it it's fun. It has some nice character moments. It's maybe the best part of the three. Yeah, mm. uh, I'd still probably give it to the, thir- to the first part. I really like the Obsidian Strike intro. Yeah. Mm, fair enough. <clears throat> but yeah, for, for three-parters, which we've had a few, this this might be the best middle bit of the three-parters. I mean, I'd probably still give it to the Agenda Part 2, but it's hard to compare other things to the Agenda. Oh, yeah, Agenda Part 2 is just unfair comparison. That's one where uh, Cheetor gets punched through a wall. <laughs> okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe hey! And uh, so, yeah, until... Uh, so, that should do us for this week, but until next time, you can find us all over the Internet. We are on uh, Twitter, we are on Facebook, and we are on Tumblr. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net. Uh, where you can find this podcast and our news podcast under Icon Underground Radio. We also have a Patreon set up at patreon.com slash Icon Underground, where you can help us pay for our hosting fees. Yes, you can also find us on iTunes, and if you do, rate and review us. And uh, if you'd uh, like to write into us, please drop a line into the Maxim Mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. Do we have anything this week? I'm checking no. Okay, then. Not even any tweets. Well, not really. Ah. All right, so please join us next time when we're besieged by Spark War Part 3, The Siege. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Okay.
Oh. Well, this would be interesting, then. Sometimes I, I just write dumb shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes my I'll have a line that's just Iacon. <laughs> yes, there are a few extra. That is an entire line. <coughs> or Silverbolt is a dick. Or I ship it. Yes, there are some STFU Silverbolts in there. Actually, literally STFU Silverbolt Cheetor group pubes. <laughs> that was part of the Techno Organic upgrade. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, everybody ready then? Yep. Sure. All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast. 